alongside uh, one of my co-hosts here, uh, Luke Burrows. Uh, Nick couldn't be here tonight, but we brought in a guest. Um, we've noticed that Nick or uh, Luke and I aren't always the most emotional or passionate fans, at least uh, <laughs> in terms of what we show. So we thought what better than to add someone who is a very passionate fan, Mr. Uh, Matt Mallard. He's a contributor, contributor to Tip of the Tower, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs blog. Matt, uh, thank you for coming on. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. No problem. So we have a lot to cover. Uh, but before we get to that, please remember to download both the iOS, uh, both Barnburner and Zingo TV app available on iOS and Android devices. Zingo TV is also available on Chromecast, Amazon Fire and Fire TV sticks, Roku and Roku sticks all on smart TVs 2016 and forward. This is long overdue. We've been wanting to do this for quite some time and we were going to have you on last week, uh, but Leafs continue to make, mo- make new moves and we wanted to sort of make sure everything was all settled in and course they make another one today so i want to jump right into that because kyle dubas has had quite the off season and he's been making a ton of moves um if we want to go over them here joe thornton today one year 700k uh jimmy vc one year uh 900k um tj brody four years five million wayne simmons one year 1.5 zach bogosian one year one, year, 1 million and then you lose Janssen, captain and kerfoot busy off season and it has a lot of people sort of uh debating as to whether or not Dubas has the right mindset going into this offseason. I want to know your thoughts as a Leafs fan. What are you impressed with and what do you not like? And we'll start with the Joe Thornton signing specifically. Uh, well, one thing I like about the Joe Thornton signing is he's kind of like that. From what I've heard, he's one of the loudest players when you get inside a dressing room. And I feel like that's something it's weird to kind of add a player specifically for the dressing room. I'm not saying that's what they added him for. But one thing that you hear a lot uh, about the Leafs is their quiet, like how quiet they are. You see Riley is a pretty quiet guy. Their captain, John Tavares, is quiet. Matthews, Marner, they're not, you know, the most outgoing guys. And I feel like he's going to bring something to that team and kind of show them like, hey, guys, you know, start to have fun with it. Start to, you know, be yourself. Start to let loose and kind of enjoy. And then also kind of like, I feel like, you know, playing hockey. We all played hockey. Like when you're in a quiet dressing room, it's, it's kind of dead. It's hard to go yeah. out there with, you know, the kind of energy you need. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming that carries over to the NHL. So I like him. He's one of the best passers of our generation. Uh, league minimum. I don't think you can really ask for anything else. Luke, what do you think? Of on, can, I, can I say something on that? Um, league minimum specifically. And this isn't, this isn't a rhetorical question, but how many teams in the league do you think could have signed a guy like Joe Thornton for league minimum for one year? How many teams do you think, would have would he have actually had interest in going to i think few i don't think they're very few yeah i think i think it's because it's strong he wants to win and i like i know i know everyone knows knows that's a thing that that's just a fact of any league but this year specifically watching toronto like you see thornton um i would contemplate simmons um i i think there's a few there's a few moves that are you can't do anything about it, but it's just kind of interesting to see like, wow, they just signed Joe Thornton for league minimum. Not many teams could pull that off. So I, I'm, I don't really know what I'm getting at, but I just kind of wanted to bring that up. No, I, I know what you mean. It's, it's, it's uh, if there's a team that I think a lot of veterans want to go to, I'm looking at Toronto. I'm, I would have said Tampa before their cap bind, obviously right now they're, mm. they're not in a great position. I would have probably said St. Louis, but going forward, if I'm looking at a team in the East that I think I can win on, um, Excluding Montreal, obviously, I'm probably going to look at Toronto and I'm going to look at uh, Colorado in the um, in the West. Maybe even a team like Carolina in the East, as they've been drafting extremely yeah. well. They've been making some pretty solid moves. Where is Thornton from? Does anyone know off the top of their head? I can. I want to say. I don't want to say it, but I'm, I think it's like Thunder Bay, maybe. And it must be nice for Leafs fans, given the fact that a lot of Bruins fans are um, pretty upset about that because a lot. Yeah, of them, I don't. They thought I he would get that. Yeah, I mean, anyway. I kind of get it, but. Yeah. So that, that was the, that was the one from today, but let's go into some other moves. And the thing is they added a lot of pieces without really spending too much. Um, another four, they added to their bottom six, at least we're expecting their bottom six. That's still up for debate as to where he's going to play. And that's Jimmy VC for one year, 900 K um, yeah. highly touted college free agent a couple of years ago. Everyone wasn't sure where he was going to go. Um, and he goes from Buffalo. Now he's in Toronto. This is a low risk, high reward move for Leafs. What do you think of that? Uh, I like it. I mean, like you said, this is a guy that everyone was after three or four seasons ago um, when he became a free agent from Nashville. But like he, he played on teams that 
you know, aren't really known for scoring. You know, they, he played on the Rangers when he, when he started playing for them, when he signed with them, they were kind of coming out of their, you know, decade, 15 years of being on top, however long it was. And then signing in Buffalo, right. He didn't play with Jack Eichel. He played, I think second and third line minutes. I wouldn't be surprised to see him get a chance to play with Matthews at one point or another through the season. He's kind of a similar play style to me as Zach Hyman. You know, he goes into the corners, he'll fight for the puck and he, he still has that, scoring touch but um i think he's going to be definitely a solid addition to their depth which is something that you know the leafs are already strong on up front so like similar to the joe thornton contract you can't go you can't go wrong with you know below a million uh, yeah this one this one doesn't really make sense to me either (laughs) you know like he's he can he's like for him or for toronto for him yeah it makes total sense for toronto um this guy's proven he can he can get towards 40 points in a season, 20 and 20, and they're signing him for under a million dollars. I don't, and but I, I don't know if that's the same thing because the kids, tw- it's not like he's, he's 27. Like he, okay, he looks yeah. a lot younger than he is, mm-hmm. but, but it's not like he's, uh, he's he's dying for a ring for a last push. Yeah. He has plenty of time. But the thing yeah. with VC is, and we've seen this with a lot of college uh, free agents. We saw it with. Um, Will Butcher, nothing to take away from Will Butcher because he is a fantastic hockey player, but uh, there's a lot of college people overrate college free agents and um, VC's one that he can, he can put the puck in the net. He can score. He, he has finishing abilities. And if you're Toronto, you know, seeing as you, lo- you lose Johnson and captain, we'll get into that in a second, adding someone who can finish is, pr- is a pretty smart move. Let's go to the next forward. They added um, this one was a little bit more controversial than Thornton and VC. That's Wayne Simmons. Um, one year, 1.5 mil. Montreal offered him more, and he said no. He wants to go to Toronto, obviously, to win, um, as they're clearly in a better position to do so. Um, he's a below-replacement level NHLer. There are plenty of cheaper options. That seemed to be the reaction from a lot of Leafs fans. What we've seen on Twitter is, you know, everyone's talking about Toronto's cap, and 1.5 kind of is a lot for a player like Wayne Simmons. There are plenty of uh, cheaper options at the AHL level that could probably play on the fourth line. Um, Luke, I'll start with you. What do you think of this for Toronto? Is this more of a presence move than it is an actual skill move? Well, maybe. Um, sure, like a guy like Wayne Simmons, that's kind of what you'd think of, first of all. But this contract, and I think I, I said something similar when we when it first happened and we talked about it on the show. Objectively, it's not a bad contract. Wayne Simmons, I believe he can still put up 30 points in a season, which is fine. And then you get his, his, um, you know, his intangibles, his off-ice, um impact and you're you're paying him um 1.5 million uh i the the only issue i have is does he work for the Leafs specifically in the in the situation not only cap well mostly castly cap situation um but also um just sorry i lost my train of thought my mic cut out there but mostly cap situation also kind of you know just in in the mold of the team regardless really good contract and i guess this is the the third one now that i'm i'm kind of looking at thinking like i don't know it's i, I don't want to say frustrating because it's it's not like it's unfair but three i think these are all three really good contracts when the simmons one is the only one that kind of stands out as doesn't work specifically in context of the the leafs that's what i think and i'm looking at the players they added to their bottom six and i feel like in toronto's case being such a skilled team or what people thought was before this offseason uh specifically a skilled team with not a lot of grit not a lot of size obviously they added clifford last year it's easier for one or two grit guys such as simmons such as clifford to join a really fast skilled toronto team and flourish than it would be for them to go probably anywhere else where that's not really part of their playing style so i think simmons will play better here than in in buffalo um and i, I think that's guaranteed but that's partly because of his surroundings. But is he someone that you're looking to for points to play that style? Or is it specifically a crash and bang fourth line kind of move? Matt, what do you think about that? Uh, I think it's exactly what you just said. It's the kind of crash and bang style. And that's that's the one thing that worries me about Simmons is when you play that kind of style, you know, how how much is that going to, how much has that affected his ability to still play the game? How much has it affected him, you know, to go on into his 30s? But to me, the thing with the Leafs and the thing that I think it's time to try, and I think that Dubas is doing a very good job at, is they're built, like you like you mentioned, speed and skill all the way top to bottom originally, like a season ago, that's what they were. And it wasn't working when, you know, when their top two lines were getting shut down 
right? How do you expect their bottom two lines to, you know, get in and exactly. score the goals that they need to? So I look at Simmons, I look at Spezza, I look at Thornton, uh, you know, I look at Jimmy VC if he's playing bottom uh, bottom uh, line minutes. Like those are those are lines that you know you're not looking necessarily to score. You have the lines and the, the players that are going to score for you. You know they're going to score. These guys just they got to spend time in the other team's zone, right? They got to wear them down. You know. Don't spend any time in your D zone. It's going to happen, right? But they don't have those players outside of Hyman really up front that, you know, like you said, crash and bang against the other team and wear them down over the course of 60 minutes. So I think it's going to be really nice to have a player like Joe Thornton uh, along with Wayne Simmons, you know, big guys that aren't afraid to throw their body fight, I guess, if you need to. But I mean... Yeah, I like it. 1.5 million. It's a fine contract. It's one year. And it's it's essentially it's hey, with these guys, it's it's Duba saying kind of, you know, to that fan, that's that part of the fan base that's hey, you know, you need the grit, you need the size, you need the the fighting, and you need the fight in them. Well, here it is. We're gonna try them all on one year and see how it goes. Right. If it works, it works fantastic. But if it doesn't, it's hey, we tried it, we're gonna go back to the way yeah. it was. And, right. And that's the biggest thing with Kyle Dubas and the Lou Lamorello crowd, the majority of the Lou Lamorello fans were the older school, you know, get grittier, get bigger, play that aggressive style. The ones obviously like Dubas, um, we saw how he drafted. He, he didn't draft a bunch of, like, I'll, I'll cite Mark Bergevin here who picking Luke Tuck in the second round. The rationale for that pick was because he was a mean, nasty player who's tough to play against. And that's fine. And I think there's value in that. And I like what Dubas did here because he added Thornton uh, and Simmons, and then we'll get to Bogosian right now, uh, big, hard-to-play-against players, and he didn't give anything up for them. And that's the thing where he's testing out this mindset that a lot of people have but not giving up assets to do that. So um, Bogosian, I feel like we don't have to go over that because it's basically the same thing. I feel like that's the one that, to me at least, and I'm sure we'd all agree, doesn't make the most sense out of it because yeah. I think Thornton uh, and Thornton, VC, and Simmons still have productive hockey in them. Now, what I don't, I this Bogosian can put up 20 to 30 points and they're paying him a million dollars. Again, I don't have an issue with that contract. Does it make sense for Toronto? Like they're kind of doing a whole bunch of the same stuff. I don't know, but that contract itself, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, Of the signings he's made, that's the one I think I like the least out of VC Thornton. Do you dislike it though? Do you think it's a bad contract? No, no, like like it's 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 a one year flyer, right? It's a million dollars. It's easily movable at the deadline. Not the contract, but the idea of bringing him in, I guess. Contract oh. aside, is that is that important to Toronto to bring in Zach Bogosian of all of all pieces? Uh, I mean, outside of Muzzin, they don't really have that size on defense. They're all puck moving defensemen, speedy, skilled. Um, I mean, I lo- I don't mind it in that sense. Um, yeah, it's just up. Like I like all the deals he's made. I like all the, yeah. the players he's brought in. I just, that's of the four, the big four. I think uh, that's the one I like the least, and I don't understand the most. Okay. But I mean, you know, he just got a lot of time with Tampa Bay. Uh, just won a cup, so maybe that'll bring something in, and maybe he's hoping that brings something to the team. A winning pedigree in Zach Bogosian, I guess. All I right, and, and that stuff is important. Obviously, having someone who's had winning before on their resume, that's obviously something that GMs look at, even the analytical GMs such as Kyle Dubas. But let's talk about the big one. That's TJ Brody, four years, five million. This actually happened just before our show last week, uh, and we all agreed it was pretty good move. And look, I know TJ Brody struggled quite a bit without Mark Giordano, but it's probably a safer move than signing Petrangelo. Again, you didn't move any move out any assets for it. Um, it is a movable contract probably two years, maybe three years from now, I'd say. Obviously not right mm-hmm. off the start. but And, and it gives uh, gives Toronto another offensive defenseman who who is okay defensively. And I want to know your thoughts on this. Are you pleased with this signing or were you aiming for something a little bigger, a little more safer than uh, TJ Brody? What do you think? I I think this is the safest, the safest uh, signing of the defensemen that were available last year, it was rumored and I'm, I'm pretty sure they confirmed that Brody was um, one of the other options for them uh, in the Nazem Kadri trade, but they decided to go with Tyson Berry. Uh, like, like you mentioned, he struggled away from Giordano, but I don't think Tyson, uh, sorry, uh, TJ Brody is anything more than a, a complimentary defenseman. I don't think he's a defenseman on his own and that's not taking anything away from him. But to me, he's the kind of defenseman that Morgan Riley needs. You look at Morgan Riley's uh, defensive partners through his career, not good. He's got, I'm not sure in what order they are, but I think the top five is Cody CC, Cody CC, Roman Polak, Nikita Zaitsev, Matt Hunwick, and Ron Hainsey over the last seven years. Those aren't top, those aren't top pairing defensemen, right? TJ Brody is, 
He's played the minutes with Giordano. And Giordano is a totally different defenseman from Morgan Riley. But I think Brody can, if if he plays with Riley, he I'm, I'm hoping he does, he can provide Riley with the support he needs defensively because Riley's not good in his own end. He's like, it's it's not really a secret. He's, he's a tire fire. Mm. But Brody can kind of potentially offer him that stability uh, that he sort of offered for Giordano as well. So I like it. Like you said, it's, it's movable for the first couple of years. And even to the last, the last year, I don't think it's that unmovable. Um, but I, I like it. I, that's, that's my favorite one, obviously. I mean, defense. All right. Health. So let's, let's look at their bottom six as a whole. Cause obviously there's been some pretty significant turnover there. You had your 2019 bottom six. Uh, this isn't obviously what it was all season, but just a rough idea what it usually was. Janssen, Kerfoot, Kapanen, um, Gauthier, Spezza, Spezza, and Engvall. And then this year it's expected to be at least uh, Nick Robertson, Alexander Kerfoot, Jimmy VC, and then Spezza, Thornton, and Simmons. Pretty significant turnover. What are you more impressed with? Um, do you think it's stronger this year or is last year's much stronger given the offensive output of Janssen and Kapanen? Uh, I think I think it sucks to lose Kapanen and Janssen. Uh, Kapanen was a really good penalty killer, I think. Uh, he was the kind of player that you know, you'd know you be scared to give up a chance to on the penalty kill. When he and throws Janssen- sticks too. Oh yeah, he does. He likes doing that. You know, we always told him to stop that. But, you know, uh, Janssen. I really like Janssen's upside, and I still like Janssen's upside. I I've always been high on him. Uh, I think he's like, I think New Jersey's going to love him. Uh, he's a great. I think he's a top six forward at the at, at least. I think that's his potential. At least. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Andreas Janssen has a lot to give. I think a lot of people. Don't like he was injured. He was injured a lot. He's been injured a lot. Uh, he was injured for a majority of last season. Um, but that's that's the way it works, right? You know, when you're a team like Toronto and you have the forward depth and you draft the way you do, like the way he the way uh I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit later. But when when they have the forward depth that they have, you're you're able to move those kinds of forwards and Kapanen and Janssen and still get players back. Like Robertson will be a middle six forward. I'm sure in the next couple of years, uh, this year, next year. So in order to make your team better at its weaknesses, you can give up where your strengths are. And that's just what those moves are to me. All right, Luke, what are you impressed think, with? Least impressed with, is this a better team offense wise? Defense, we would, we would be able to, we can all agree. They got better defensively. You don't really, you're, you're going to lose yeah. CC, uh, all, all like yeah. defensively, they're a lot better. And that's a, that's a big sigh of relief from that. And I'm assuming most Leafs fans, but the forwards you're tied up into three players, which is the, obviously the story around Toronto. And that's, that's fine. But the, the bottom six had some significant turnover. And do you think this is a stronger lineup? Cause I'm looking at it and I don't think so like at all. I don't think, uh, I, I like Jason Spezza. I like that he resigned. I like the story and I think he's been pretty solid for Toronto, but I don't think, um, having Thornton and Simmons over Janssen and Kapanen and potentially Kerfoot who could be on the way out improves their bottom six whatsoever. I think you need that grit, that element of size, but I don't think it's better. What do you think, Luke? Is it better? I don't know, but would I, you know, you know, no, it's probably, it's probably not better, but would I rather have the bottom six they have now considering like in- including the context of the of the contracts and everything uh yeah i'd probably rather have that bottom six than last year's but is it better no i don't think so but i think and why would you like, rather it if it's not better? because i think when you look at big picture and you and you and you look at the team around it um and and kind of why they have this bottom six now I would rather have, and that's why I said in context of, of kind of their contracts and what happened, I'd rather have this bottom six. But if you can, if you are strictly comparing the last year's bottom six and this year's, I, yeah, I'd rather have last year's, but, but I don't really think that's fair. I think if, if you're, if you're asking, um, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs bottom six, do you like last year's or do you like this year's? I would, I would say this year's because you you can't just, you can't just compare Compare you can't just isolate the two, the two bottom sixes and compare like that. I'm very, what you were asking. I'm very confused with that answer. Um, I'm not gonna I, lie. I'm just curious which of those players, which do you think is more effective? Because I don't last deny, years, but I would rather have this year's. 
Matt, what do you think? Unless it was a team anything. of only those six players. I don't know what I think anymore. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think anyone knows. But, okay, let's. Uh, all I, right. Okay. Are you are you asking me to consider the whole the team around it, or literally no, looking, just okay, isolate the third and fourth? Okay, line. then then last what years. last year's. I think most people. Sh- I thought this would be a pretty easy consensus that. Janssen, who I think has is, is a second line left winger, has at least that potential. Didn't I think he had almost fifty points a couple of seasons ago? Um, I think I think the big X factor, and I would say this is whether or not whether or not Kerfoot gets moved. That's sort of the, the talk right now is there's potential that he could he could be another one on their way out. And depending on who he gets replaced with, if he gets moved, then that's more of a reasonable discussion. But I think on paper right now, I'm looking at last year's, and I think it's more effective. This might be more an improvement size and grit wise, but overall, I think last year's bottom six is more effective. Matt, what do you think? Well, I I know there's a lot of talk about Kerfoot being moved, and I actually mentioned it earlier today to some friends that I think he'd be the odd man out. But I'm, I'm actually changing my opinion. Oh. Uh, if I think if I think anyone's on the move, I think you move Justin Hall first. Um, I think you're going to keep Kerfoot there at 3.5. I don't see them. They just resigned him last year as soon as they made the trade. Uh, three years 3.5 but Justin Hall is making two million dollars right now and that's that's an easily movable contract I I really like Justin Hall he plays with uh, Jake Muzzin they're really I'd say they're they're Toronto's shutdown pair Um, but to me you look at the players that they brought in you you look at uh sorry hold on I'm looking at it right now VC I think I think first of all their fourth line next year will look something like Spezza Thornton Simmons I think that will be their fourth line. And to me, that's a, I like that. I like it a lot. It's way better than Spezza, Engvall, Gautier. And to lose Janssen and Kapanen, yeah, it sucks. He lost a penalty killer and he lost a left winger who is a second line winger playing on the third. But you have Janssen, or sorry, Robertson, who's going to play there. I think Kerfoot stays. Um, And Kerfoot can also play the wing too, right? He's not set as a centerman. And you have Spezza and Thornton there. So maybe they're your third and fourth line centers. And Hollander coming in at some point, who I think. Yeah, yeah, as well. Like you look at what Kapanen brought in, you get uh, Rodin Yamarov with the first overall, the first overall, first round selection in the draft for the Leafs this year. You get Philip Hollander, right? It's to me, I I like what they've done more here. So that's kind of what I was saying, like especially the money you're paying. <laughs> that's not what you were. That's not exactly what you were saying. What I was you were saying. all over the place. <laughs> you just said especially the money you're paying. That's I was saying. I know, but I was I was <laughs> excluding the contracts. I was looking at. But but the paper. Matt just Matt just said Matt just answered including okay. everything. Okay. So all right. I, okay. All right. Too all much right. Leafs talk. I'm getting exhausted. Um, we will see because I still think there's another move happening with Maple Leafs, whether it's someone in their bottom six or a defenseman Hall or Dermot. Yeah, Matt, an overager. Um, okay, let's move on to um, the Vancouver Canucks. Why did you laugh? On this. What, what made you laugh? Why did you have yeah. to laugh when you introed that? Introed what? The Canucks. The Vancouver Canucks. Uh, because I don't think Jim Benning's a good GM, and I've thought this for a while. He doesn't know uh, what's going on. I don't think it's like someone said, hey, I think he knows exactly what's going on. I don't think he does in the slightest. Someone told no. him to be cautious and then he just stopped GMing. No, and oh, you don't get he it. Did. I do get it. And the reason he had to be cautious were because of mistakes he made over his exactly. tenure in Vancouver. So, so it is. What would fault. you have liked him to do this year? Uh, I think you probably could have had Stetcher, had Stetcher come back instead of just saying, hey, how about you wait there for a second? I have other stuff to deal with. It's like he has to make a call. I gotta make a if, call. I'm gonna if, work on if this I am if I am if I am putting blind, here. if yeah. I'm putting blinders on and looking only at Jim Benning's moves this offseason, not what he's done. I like it. But what? you can if you, you like consider, it or it's fine. I, it's the best he could have done given the fact that he's Jim Benning is what I would say. Luke, I I like it slash he's okay. Let's it's let's, fine. But right, let's explain for those who let's, yeah for, these, for like, those who don't know. Let's get into it. Let's let's pretend there are people who don't know about Jim Benning and his um historic tenure as Canucks GM. All right. Tanev and Markstrom walk. That's a good thing for the most part. And we talked about it yesterday with Nick and how there might be a philosophical disagreement between what happens with Markstrom and how you have Holtby mentoring Thatcher Demko, how that could lead to a significant struggle in goaltending because Holtby's inconsistent and Markstrom had to save Demko plenty of times. Don't deny Demko's going to be a good goaltender. Anyway, that's a whole other discussion. Yeah, okay. that's, that's a whole just, yeah. Markstrom deserved the money Calgary gave him. That yes. that contract will hurt the the final four years, but it, that's fair value for a goalie who played fantastic this season. 
you lose Tanev, which I think is a fantastic thing for Vancouver. I don't care how good of a locker room guy he is. You lose someone who's not that great of a defenseman. All right. You avoid all of Reckman Fine. The only one you add is one of the most inconsistent goaltenders of the last couple of years. Oh, geez, Louise. Statistically. Cheese and rice. That's who Can you I... lose. All right. And then you lose Stetcher to Detroit because you said, hey, on, wait here. I got to deal with some stuff. And then Vertanen goes to arbitration and he's about to make $3 million projected when you paid up a lot for Tyler Toffoli only to play less than half a season and lose him for $1.5 million more than what Vertanen is expected to make. I'm sorry. That is poor asset management Might by a GM. I... By a GM who gave out bad contracts that handcuffed him and put them in this position. I agree. Okay, Luke goes I agree. and then I go. Go ahead. <clears throat> I'd like to throw a hypothetical at you guys. If if a previous GM put Vancouver in this situation, and this was Jim Benning's first offseason, and he came in, let's say, let's say they fired the GM at the end of this past season, and Jim Benning comes in. And he was at the reins for this offseason. How would you rank this offseason just considering what he's done since uh, whenever, C minus. Like, October? Okay. Really? So, so here's the issue with that hypothetical. He is the guy that put them in that situation. That's, but that's what I'm saying. When you guys ask me, what do you think of Jim Benning's offseason, this offseason? I like C-. it. I'm, I'm not disagreeing that he's the reason he was put in that position. But for how he's handled the the position he put himself in i like it i'm not saying i like him as a gm in vancouver because the past five years of those bad decisions does not outweigh this one pretty good offseason i just think if you're looking at this offseason alone just by itself i i think he was forced to be cautious i don't think you can blame him for being cautious he had no choice but the the tanev negotiation the markstrom negotiation oliver ekman larson I like that. The Stetcher one is the only one I'm really kind of frustrated in how he handled it. To Foley, not so much, because again, I don't think he had much of a choice. Okay, why not? Okay, so no, Matt, go ahead, and then we'll get back to me. Go ahead. To me, the Canucks got worse this offseason. I don't think they got better. They lost their goaltending depth, and yes, you can't have both Demko and Markstrom. But to me, Holtby's gone at the end of this year. He's gone during the expansion draft. That's kind of the point, I, I think. Yeah. And then, and, then what, and then what do you do? But to well, me, if you're then, resi- No, no, no. If you plan on losing Holtby at the end of this expansion draft, I think you keep both Markstrom and Demko and then trade one of them and get something for those assets instead of losing what you have said is one of the best goaltenders. And I'm not denying he is. I think he is one of the best goaltenders in the NHL. But you now lose that asset for nothing. Instead of re-signing him, and then trading him before the expansion draft. Vancouver would have, they would have been in a position anyways where they have Demko and Markstrom. Everyone would have known one of those goalies, uh, you would assume, is going to Seattle. Yeah, they, they could have tried to pull something off, but. So do like it I, now. So do it last year. Do it but, at any point. Like losing I, assets. I don't like think that. I don't think they, they were in because, a position to do it last year at all. Um, all right, well, well, no, with Markstrom injuries, Markstrom's injury, I guess not. But well, looking at the Toffoli signing then mm-hmm. and. Unbelievable deal by the Montreal Canadiens. Let's just say that. Let's just put that. That's out just there right round now. of applause for Bergeron. <laughs> I don't. We should just say that right I, now. Let's, okay. Let, no, we'll get to. We'll get. We're going to get to Montreal later on. We're kind of yeah. going over our three teams, but he's someone who I know. All free agents say this. Well, actually, not all free agents because a lot of free agents are just blunt and they say they want to test the market. He seemed interested in re-signing. He played very well for Vancouver, and what was it? Tyler Madden, a second. Was that what it was? Tyler for, Madden and something. Was it a first or a second? I don't think it was a first. You, that's a significant. Those are some those are some good assets that you give up for a player I who agree. performed well and seemed to want to. And you're telling me he couldn't have done anything. A second. A second. Okay. And Tim Schaller, but that doesn't really matter. You're telling me he couldn't have done something to free up another million to bring him back, maybe two million if you wanted okay, five million. But and and I agree. I, I I agree that trade was extremely short-sighted. Vancouver was not at all in a position to make to make that kind of playoff push trade. I totally agree with you. The only the only aspect of Jim Benning that I'm defending is the moves he made since October, whatever, whenever Tampa won the cup until now. I think he's been really good. That is no excuse for how he's been the six years prior to that 
But when you ask me, what do you really think of good? Jim Benning's? Can fine. you, Luke, can you adequate. admit? Can you admit that the Vancouver Canucks, or can you agree that the Vancouver Canucks have not gotten better over the offseason? They were the team after the after the run. I agree, they have not gotten better. But would you, you say they've gotten think worse? They've gotten worse. No, I don't think they've gotten worse. Really? But how can, how can let's, you? Let's let's go like this. Let's let's go like this. But the goaltending, they're, you lose they're goaltending. a better goaltender. And I, I talked about this, I don't think yesterday, I think last week, about the gamble. And this is a gamble I'm extremely willing to make. And I honestly... I think. Oh, maybe. Okay, maybe it was yesterday. I honestly don't think anyone can really say is is Vancouver's goaltending now better than it was last year because I think Demko is a massive variable and that's the whole point of the gamble. So what is a gamble? That's that's what I said, but it's a gamble I'm extremely but willing so to make. So is Holtby as well. So now you have two they're, gamble goaltenders. They're... Well, no, I don't. I, I'm like Demko. When I when I refer to a gamble, I'm I'm speaking of Demko. They they wouldn't have traded away Markstrom if they weren't if they didn't have enough faith traded. But but they faith, faith is nothing. Walk. Faith is nothing. That doesn't mean that's. Anything. But that's what I'm saying. They're gambling on him. So I don't think anyone can really say is their goaltending better now. Their defense. Their defense is better now. Is it? Do you disagree? No, it's it's, it's worse, dude. It's worse. They well, it's Schmidt, 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 fine. You, okay. okay, Schmidt. I Tan- forgot about Schmidt. Canavan, okay. Stetcher, and you bring in Schmidt. There's going to be other moves. Maybe but okay, that's, that's another move that's like, that's a no-brainer. That's a game. Yes, that's an that's, obvious I don't one. Think, I don't think Nate Schmidt so what you makes saying? your team. I don't think bringing in Nate Schmidt and Braden Holtby makes your team hold on. better as opposed to losing to Foley, losing Marks. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, I agree. The I, Vancouver's defense. Do you think it's better now or better last year? Better last year. Really? You think Tanev and Stetcher are better than Schmidt and? No, I disagree. Rathbone. I think it's I think it's better, but I don't think, like, it's not like Benning did some magic to get Nate Schmidt. That was I'm George McPhee. It doesn't matter. It's I'm still not, a move. It does not but matter. I, do, I know, I know. But that's what I'm saying. Yes, their defense is probably better because Quinn Hughes is going to be better next year. All right, I would say their defense is better. But overall, they and are. And then in we a... get. And then we get wait, to wait, forwards. Wait, wait, wait. You we'll lose get, to Foley. Give me a second. Give me a second. All right, because I don't really care if Jim Benning has faith in Thatcher Demko because that doesn't mean anything. That's like Bergevin saying, "The answer's in the room." It doesn't mean anything. It's all. It's all nothing. There's nothing tangible there. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. But I what... wouldn't have wanted him to commit to Markstrom. And that's fair. But do you not think that it's no one's in... fault that Markstrom just had an insane year and it was his contract year? Right. Like, but, but. Do you? I don't know how you can look at Thatcher, uh, Demko, and Holtby going into next season and, and be confident in that. And I don't know how you can look at their defensemen and be confident in their defenseman's ability to play well. And I don't know how you can look at the forwards and be satisfied with with what that I is. think. Here's here, and to, the big one. The big one is losing as, to Foley. Losing to Foley. Like to make it as simple as possible. I think their goaltending situation is extremely. It, it could go either way. I don't think anyone can really say. I don't think I can say, and that's why I'm calling it a gamble. I don't think you guys can say it's got considerably worse. It sounds like I the Josh Anderson debate. I think their defense has gotten better, and I think their forward core has gotten worse. Therefore, I think, in general, they're about the same, all things so, considered. do you still think it's a good offseason, or do you think it's adequate? I, th- I would say it's adequate given how he ruined it for himself. It's fine. It's a four out of ten. Are you asking me to? Are you asking me to consider Benning's six years here? Or are you asking me to consider how he handled the position he was put in this offseason? He put himself, himself in it. I agree. But no, I'm asking if it. Do you think it's great? Do you think it's good? Do you think it's adequate? Is it subpar? I'm, would you get I'm pretty happy this? with the way he handled it. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, I think you're gonna watch Calgary this year and and see how much better they got. All right, Luke. We'll, Why? We'll get... Why? Because they added. I don't Tanev? like Calgary. I'm not. I'm not confident Tanev, in Calgary. Markstrom. I, you know, I, yeah, Markstrom. Sure, but who else? Like, what else did Calgary do? Calgary's overrated. I have no. Those, no, no, no. I'm just saying, watching Tanev and Markstrom over there, I think you're going to see how much better. I don't think Marks. I don't think Tanev's a like you know, a, a, a solid like a really top not, elite. No, and he's, he's but he's going down overrated. Real fast. Overrated. Overrated. Just, I don't know. Okay, let's let's enough of that. Tanev is overrated, by the way. Uh, let's talk about the the moves or lack thereof. What are you happiest with, Luke, and what are you least happy with? Well, I think I think I kind of have to say the Schmidt deal. Um, Vancouver took advantage of a of the situation Vegas was in. Uh, you know, I think someone was gonna was gonna benefit from that, and Vancouver got lucky. Um, interesting that 
And we said this yesterday, interesting that they did a division rival, but maybe not yeah, a division rival anymore. From so, um, so I'd say that I'm happiest with, least happiest with, I think all things considered, I'd say Stetcher. I, I mean, you, you'd probably expect me to say Toffoli, but I don't, I don't know how that really would have worked. Um, I think most to, GMs are smart enough to, to clear out at least a million or two in space. I think that could have been done. I think you can. I, I'm sure it could have been. Um, and, and that's something you should do, given how much you give up for someone like Toffoli. No, and and I agree. I'm I'm upset that that trade happened. Even if, like, re- regardless, back in back in. Were you expecting him happened. to re? I remember you expecting him to resign though earlier this year. We've done shows, and you were like, you you were you seemed pretty convinced I, that he would. I re-sign. was expecting him to resign because both sides were saying that they would like him back and that he wanted to resign. So with that information, I thought, yes, I'm expecting him to resign. Um, the fact he didn't, it's yeah, it sucks that that Benning made such a like. There maybe if there was one more year on that deal, it would have been like, yeah, that's fine, get a year to Foley, I guess. But that's an extremely short-sighted move. So I'm upset with that. But I'm, I I would say the way the Stetcher, because you're asking me what was my least favorite move, the way the Stetcher situation was handled was was far worse. The the that's the aspect of the offseason so far that I'm least happy with. Okay, Matt, what do you think, Matt? What am I happiest with in in terms of Vancouver? What do you think was the best asset management and poorest asset management? Best asset management was not going after Oliver Ekman Larson, if you can count that, because it sounded like they were pretty close. And I think that would be his best decision so far this offseason. Poorest asset management is touching on Vertan and letting him go to arbitration and then paying not paying to fully that little more, that little bit more. Um yeah, I mean, I just like I'm not happy with what the Canucks have done this offseason. I've, I've said they've got worse, but there are good things. I think Nate Schmidt for a third round pick was a third round, right? It was third. Yeah. yeah. I think that's. Can we remember excellent. Jake Vertanen can put up close to 50 points? Um, okay. Yeah. Well, well, the, the entire, the way that their management has gone about handling Jake Vertanen, admitting that they hate him, but keeping him around no i, I yeah no i agree they that's they hate him well not explicitly, well they didn't say they hate him the past but few years it's just obvious. been like they've they've made so many offhand comments about vertan and and it just and he doesn't seem to be turning it around but they keep bringing him back but all right so um, I, I i think the i would agree with matt that the best move was to not get involved in oliver ekman larson one of the more overrated defensemen in the entire league um the worst move was giving up a boatload for Tyler Toffoli and not doing enough to have him stick around mm. because I do think it's possible to clear a million, maybe two. Maybe he wanted a little bit more in Vancouver. He seems to enjoy playing there. He did extremely well. I think he would well. have wanted less. Or, you okay. think he went to Montreal well, for less? One thing. One well, no, thing. I, no, I'm not saying that. I just think, no, it, well, he, I'm not saying, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what he's thinking, but I'm just saying if, if the fact that he, He's only making 1.5 more than Toffoli. Makes me makes me think that Jim Benning probably could have done a little bit more. I'm giving a little more effort to bring him back because that's a lot to give up. Who's someone who did really well in Vancouver, and he was a good compliment, not a complimentary piece, but someone who could sort of take the pressure off Besser and and Pedersen to do all of the scoring. Who could do it himself? Who looks like he was on the rise after scoring so many goals and then dipping in LA. Like it, it, it's it's that's poor asset management, in my opinion. What do you think, Matt? One thing I don't understand is they have about eight million coming off the books next season in Pearson and Sutter. Uh, They have to sign Pedersen, right? They have six million coming off the books in Edler, and then two million in Jordy Ben. So there's your money for Pedersen. Pedersen and Edler are what next off season is going to be about. Yeah, but well, Edler's thirty five next year. I I and I miss. I would assume he'll resign. Yeah, one two near years six for not much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. I could but not see him going that, anywhere but Vancouver. Berchi, he's on for three point three. Vancouver's he treated him so season. poorly. He'll, he won't be back. They have to sign Bertanen still. So, like we said, there goes three million. Right, we're assuming about that, and Goddad as well, who I don't think they brought back uh, as of right now. It's TBD. Yeah. All right. 
I think I, I also think though, you know, the, I think Benning and all are, are kind of looking ahead. They've got, they've got a lot of, a lot of money that's going to have to be spent over the next few years. And just, they don't have it. So would you have rather them, not you, Matt, Patrick's more emphasizing this, would you rather have them sign to Foley and put more money where they couldn't have put, you know, thrown at Pedersen no, or I Hughes? Think you can, or... I know. I think you can bring back, I think you can have all three. It's the the I ones uh, so. I had it up here on cap. I know, but there were, again, a lot of those dumb contracts that Benning um, handed out were UFAs next summer and you have Edler off and I don't think, anyway, that's a whole other discussion. They're in a lot of trouble, I think. I don't, I think, I think it's not great, but I think it's fixable. Anyway, let's talk about the Montreal Canadiens because mm-hmm. they made a bunch of moves. Um, really busy off season over here, guys. But um, the first one, the one that I think sort of caught everyone, by, caught everyone by surprise was a third and a seventh to St. Louis for Jake Allen. And this had a lot of people wondering why they didn't go after a free agent. And I think it's much better to give up a third and a seventh than you know, give out the goaltending contracts. We saw this free agency uh, too much, too much money, too much term. And I think this is pretty awesome. Allen was then extended for two years, uh, 2.87. That I'm a little uh, not upset with, but I think you might want to have him play one game. Even then he can still go to St. Louis, the big one. And we can debate this uh, Domi in a third for Josh Anderson, who then signed for seven years. You pick up to Foley four years, 4.25. Um no new no no move clause or no trade clause. Petrie extended four years six point two five. Gallagher extended six years six point five. Uh, busy offseason for Mark Bergevin. Playoff team, in my opinion. What do you guys think? I think the Habs are the best team in the league. Is that what yeah, you wanted to hear? Yeah, me too. I think we're done. I uh, <laughs> like. I I think you you can looking at that list objectively overall like it's pretty good like that's pretty good decisions are being made i don't like the anderson contract i've made that very clear Mm -hmm. but overall it's all right my only hesitation is why why don't you maybe push some of that money towards anywhere else but the right wing uh maybe your defense maybe maybe that your center maybe your left wing like literally anywhere else not saying it's a bad thing um, Did you, you know, not maybe... see they signed Edmondson? That was kind of the big. That was the big splash. Okay. What? <laughs> they heard Sorry to hear that. Don't need to do anything else. All right. No, but continue. I, I just. Sorry. I, I I don't know. Like maybe it's just that's just kind of how it worked out. All their you know, all you know all the all the free agents or or uh, you know someone like Gallagher maybe maybe that's just how it worked out that they're all they're all playing on the right side. I just think spread spread the money around a bit. Um, but again, that's, that's kind of a little thing because it's, it's not a bad thing to have a, to have your right wing stacked. I, I wouldn't say, but it comes to mind to fully compare yeah, the yeah. left wing. Right. So it's not like you're going to have all four of those in Armia as well. It's not like you're going to those. Um, okay. Matt playoff team, non-playoff team, good moves, yeah, bad moves. What do you playoff think? Team. I, I like, I like the direction they were going in. You, you know, my answer to playoff team, non-playoff team. Yeah. All right. I do not think they're a playoff team. Um, To me, there were moves that the Habs could have made or areas to address uh, that could have made them better. To me, I think they took a step forward, but it was in areas where they were already good. What do you mean? That makes sense. Okay. So what do you mean by there are moves they could have made better moves? They could have made. I think. hmm. Okay. So, in, in particular, Tyler Toffoli, good contract. You mentioned yesterday it's a liquid contract. You can move that easily, right? Four years, 4.3, or sorry, 4.25 yep. million. You can move that, right? Great play driving winger, one of the best in the league. You look at him in his defensive zone, offensive zone, great, right? However, same with Edmondson. You, you allocate 3.5 million of the cap to a defenseman who plays the same style as Weber, Sherratt, Kulak, I think. I wouldn't say Kulak, but yes. Well, okay, okay. But that's that's not where they're weak. Their goaltending, I don't think the Habs finished 24th last season because of their backup goaltending. It's going to help. I'm not saying it's not going to help. I think Allen's going to help them, and you know, especially this season, probably going to be condensed 82. That's what a lot of people are saying. 
I just think the Habs didn't need another play driving winger into Foley that they have in Gallagher. I think the opposite. What did, what did they? I would have let I would have let Gallagher and go. They no, 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 no. That's that's not my point though. I'm not saying you let one of them. I'm just saying you already have Gallagher. I don't think you necessarily but they need didn't really. Like, but you don't need that style of forward. They need they need goal scoring. They, okay, know, what do they? What do they goal need? Scoring. Goal scoring. Goal you don't scoring. Think- Goal okay. scoring goals. You look I don't at their numbers. I don't think their defense is playoff defense. Uh, I think Weber, Petrie. I think if I thought I thought Sherratt was pretty good, especially in the playoffs playing around. I thought he was really good. Kulak's pretty good for one point eight. If Romanov steps, that's in, not the that's, point though. Like remember, it's you know. Mm, okay. I, what I think is there were areas to address that I think they knew they had to address. I think they know they don't score goals enough goals. Like you look at their advanced statistics, they're one of the best teams in terms of creating offense, and one of the I think they're top three in creating offensive in chances for, but they're bottom three yes, in terms of true. converting. Yeah. So instead of going out and getting another player that creates those off that creates those offensive chances, which they can already do to a terrific extent, you need to try to find a way, whether it's through trade, through all of their forward assets that you say are so liquid that you can move. Right, like Dano needs a contract if you bring him back, but they have three hundred thousand in cap space right now, projected. Right? Yeah. They have so many assets in Tatar, Dano, uh, Wheel. Maybe if you want to move him, to uh, sorry, I think I already said him, but like, I just think I, I'm confused because. Okay. Uh, for many yes. years, you've known they need to score goals, and they still have yet to address it. So. Okay, I would agree with. Uh, almost everything. Although I do think Tyler Toffoli, we saw what he can do. Look, the last time he put up a ton of points was with prime Jeff Carter, who could actually give him the puck when LA got a lot older, he had a harder time putting up goals. Cause he's not, he's he can generate offense, but he's more of someone who needs, I think a solid playmaker with him. And I think putting him with a good passer, I don't, I don't think 25, maybe 30 goals is, is unlikely for him. Um, I don't, I think Tatar again, another one who will score 20 plus goals. It's a score by committee team. And, and I like that, but again, I still don't like the fact that they don't have any finishers. And I've been saying this for a while. If Montreal had a Matthews, an Eichel, uh, defense, uh, any, yeah. Uh, even strength and defensive play aside, someone who can put the puck in the net, uh, easily, they would be a much better team. And that's still a need for them. And that's still something that I think they should I think any, any team would be. Yes. But there are teams that have those, you know, like Chicago, Chicago is not a good hockey team, but Chicago still has that. Toronto has that. Uh, Winnipeg has it. Montreal does not. And that's why I look at their top nine. I think it's unbelievably balanced and deep. And those are three lines that can come out and generate a ton of offense and score. Josh Anderson does have finishing ability. It's not to the extent of those big names, but he can score. Gallagher scored 30 a couple of years ago. I get what you're saying. And while I think that is an issue, I don't think it's the biggest issue. For me, the biggest issue is defense. Um, I love the Allen acquisition because look, Carey Price the past couple of seasons has played way too much hockey and he's he's been burnt out so quickly and he has not had a serviceable backup since 2014 in Peter Budai and he's needed one and I think Allen it will be I think that honestly has potential to be one of the better tandems in the league and if Price wants to take a week or two off I do think Allen can take over. The issue is defense. I don't trust the Edmondsons and the Sherratt's abilities to transition with Montreal's quick forwards. Um, as much as a, a team like Toronto who, who plays excellent transition defense. That's my worry. But looking at this roster, I think it is a playoff roster because they got better in just about every area minus... Oh, I wouldn't say they got worse on defense. I just think they made an unnecessary addition in Edmonton. But I think Romanov stepping in is a huge boost. Um, Does Luke, he what do you step think? in though? Yeah, they've been... Well, that's the thing. They've been pretty adamant about him coming to Montreal and they burned a year of his entry-level deal to get him uh acclimated to to montreal and have him play there so i don't think they would have done that to put him in the ahl and they said they want him to start so that's what i'm worried about though because i wouldn't want them to do all that for him to play in the ahl what do you think luke all that i disagree with you um well no i don't because everything you're saying is is true um like yeah these are all these are all good things that you that you're talking about um but but i just I, I don't think I don't think they're the right good things. The X factor. I agree. I agree. The X factor is what we talked about. I think about a month ago, is 
and this is where you and I disagree and you and Nick are on the same side here is if Kotkaniemi and Suzuki can continue their playoff form that we saw, which was so strong, you can't deny it. If they can do that over an 82 game season, I don't think they will be able to do that that strongly, but I do think they will still be able to build off that success um, as they're getting older and stronger and bigger. And I think that's, that's the biggest need. You got you and Nick said a couple of days ago, they need to get stronger at center. They are strong at center. They're just not in the same trajectory as their older wingers. You, you got to remember though, like it, yes, Kokaniemi had a great playoff and a great playing round, but he played 36 NHL games last year. Yeah. Cause he was, in why, why did, why did he have a great playoffs? Um, uh, I don't know anyone who would say he had a bad playoffs. I'm, I'm just thinking you're running because it's right not now. it's not really in the points, right? So what his his impact, his underlying numbers. He and Suzuki just about every single game were dominating. Corsi four expected goals for dominating possession Suzuki, shots. I really get. I, I, I but it's it's Suzuki. a thing for both of them, and I'm not saying they can do that over an 82 game season. But whether or not it's reflected in the goals and and assists specifically, it's still reflected in the underlying numbers, which was they were consistently dominating possession bumped Deneau and Domi out of a spot as they were playing really poor hockey. Um, I don't think you can deny that they didn't have a, a fantastic postseason. I'm not saying they can do that over 82 games, but I think it's more likely they play better this upcoming season and continue that strong play to an extent this upcoming see, season. See, uh, you brought up Anderson or Domi there. I think bringing in Anderson, I think the contract is ridiculous right away. Me too. I think it's like that, that committing to that player's never played. A, like I understand it for some players, you know, that are established NHL players, but this guy coming off a totally injury, injury riddled season. Right. And giving seven years, 5.5. Yeah. It could totally work out. I'm not saying it can't, but I think Domi is a similar style player to Josh Anderson, in my opinion, at least. Mm. And you talked about Suzuki and Kokaniemi driving the play amongst other like a team full of players that do that and that just again it highlights their inability to score and addressing defense where i don't think was much of an issue especially when you have in my opinion one of the best goaltenders in the world still i just don't understand it i don't understand a lot of their moves don't think they're a playoff team okay yet and yeah all right so i do i do think that's one thing um, that I do think will come over time. I do think Suzuki and Kakemi do have excellent finishing ability that we just haven't really seen yet. That might uh, Kakemi. I think Suzuki's a as an underrated shooter, but more of a playmaker. Whereas Kakemi also a good playmaker, but he has an underrated shot that I think he has to work on. Regardless, let's sort of wrap up here uh, real quick. Matt, what would you? Let's all give our ratings for Kyle Dubas's offseason. Matt, you go first, real quick. I, I'd give him an A. Okay, my uh, I go B plus. Um, Mark Bergevin, Matt, what do you give him? Uh, I had B plus written down, but I'm going to give him a, a B minus right now. Uh, I was going to go B plus, but I'm going to change it to an A right now. Luke, you get a B minus, right? Yeah. All right. Um, for Jim Benning, A minus. Zero. Z minus. Zero. It's a minus. A, I'll give him a C. Numerical I'll give scale. him a C. Okay, I'm gonna give him a C minus. That was pathetic. Everything he's done has been absolutely pathetic. Wait, Pat, you gave Berge, you gave Dubis a B plus, and you gave Bergevin an A. Yeah, I think he. I think I'm not intimidated at all by Toronto's top six, but I have to or bottom six, but I have to wrap up here because we are out of time. Uh, thank you both, or thank you, Matt, at least for joining. Luke, I see him twice. Thanks a week, for so having me. Thank him. No problem. Anytime. You're Thanks, welcome Pat. back whenever you want to Thanks. give us some ramble on about the. Uh, the Leafs. I want to remind everyone that tuned into the show that it can be heard on Barnburner Radio Network on its 122 platforms. Check out all of it on barnburner.ca for all the updates. Uh, Matt, drop your Twitter handle real quick. Uh, it's just at Matthew Mallard. Luke is the Luke Burrows. I am Patrick Talent 81. Thank you so much, everyone who tuned in, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.